0: Listening to the Screen Tearing Podcast with Vector the Nomad and Dual Revolvers. In this episode, the crew talks about video game literacy and
1: the importance of properly identifying game genres. Now loading episode 5, Genre Palooza, initializing. Fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I just need to say... Before we start on the topic proper, Mm -hmm. Invincible is so fucking good.
1: Yeah, Matt told me it was good, too. I need to watch it.
0: I need to talk to Matt. Matt owes me some feedback. Yeah. We should just jump into the topic proper. Yeah. This week, we're talking about genre, which is a French word, which means some shit. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, video game genres are... um, an important topic to talk about because a lot of people don't talk about them, mm-hmm. I think. And because of that, I had this epiphany. I was, I, was, I was working on a video last night and I'm like, oh yeah, we got to do this recording tomorrow. And I was supposed to take notes, but I didn't. I was like, well, what what is there to say? You know, I, I, I have this hypothesis that, because I've met so many people. Okay, not so many. I've met like, I want to say three people that were like, genres don't even matter. Like video game genres, it, you know who cares what what genre of game it is. It's it's just like a game is a game, and I think and I, and I'm I'm like eighty seven percent sure that I'm wrong about this. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it feels like like the the language of genres is is a skill. It's a part of video game literacy, and it's a it's a thing that people don't get exposed to properly and then you know that that human nature type deal where if you're not good at something you just write it off and you know and and, or you try and convince others that it's not worth it yeah like all those people there's like oh i suck at math because i had a terrible teacher because most people have terrible math teachers because whoever wants to teach math you really got to be in a in a a bad state mentally
1: (laughs) yeah seriously
0: but, yeah, most people, they have terrible math teachers and then, because it's usually, like, some super meticulous and detail-oriented person who, who like, has, sh- like, a really strong work ethic. And that's just not most most people.
1: Actually, do you remember Mr. Carter?
0: I remember. Mr. Carter was one of the best teachers of all time. Seriously.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, he, he made you the- give a fuck about math. <laughs> yeah. Because he gave a fuck, and but he wasn't like your typical math teacher, you know? No, he was great. <laughs> he was, he was, he stood out. Right, unless you have a math teacher like that Mm -hmm. who's like who who's going to relate to you on a personal level because most most moth, I said moth like I was looking at a picture of a moth and I was like (laughs) moth moth most Most math teachers they just want you to buckle down and do the work and and it's you know they they're not able to explain.
1: The mm-hmm. practical
0: uses then, of the
1: math. Then there's the other end of the spectrum was the uh, the geometry teacher. I can't even remember his name. But to start with a W, he's really slow. Like, he was like a, he was like a sloth. Like, a sloth. <laughs> he would be a sloth in Zootopia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the point is, like, if you have a bad teacher, that's going to turn you off of the subject. Mm-hmm. And, you know... There's so many genres of game out there. There's thousands, literally thousands upon thousands. Mm -hmm. And because like each technically you can, you can take an individual game. Each individual game technically belongs to its own genre. And in Japan, they take this to an extreme. They actually give, you know, big name releases in Japan. They actually give them unique genres to help them stand out, you know, in, in the marketplace. If you've ever played Metal Gear Solid, on the on the box it says tactical espionage action. That's not just, you know, a, a tagline or you know like a movie poster type deal. That's the official genre of the game in Japan that is is exclusive to the Metal Gear Solid games. Interesting. So survival horror. We we all know this genre. You know, it's it's these days it's it's for scary games. Mm-hmm. But but originally Capcom created that term specifically for Resident Evil. Yeah. And then and then we all uh, or just the the industry banded together and was like, "Well, Survival Horror is is a Resident Evil type game." There's so many genres out there, you know, uh it, I guess people they get mind-boggled and then they just write it off like, "Oh, it's it's not a big deal." But it's so important to me personally. Yeah. How do you
1: feel? Well, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> big deal like when you it's it's a big deal for anybody that plays video games because um uh because that's like the first thing you ask when when you're trying to get to know get to know somebody as like a friend or something you're like what kind of games do you play and then you name off mm. genres They name off genres don't they
0: <laughs> like you know I, I used to start conversations like what's your favorite game of all time cuz yeah. cuz most people they couldn't tell you what type of games they like mm-hmm. like i would ask them um, in high school, a bunch of people told me I like fighting games. I'd be like, "Okay, what's your favorite fighting game?" And they were they'd be like, "Uh, you know, like the games where you shoot people." And I'm like, "That's a shooter. It's not a fighting game." What? That's uh, very yeah. confusing. Well, these are people that don't play games. But yeah. you know, these days now that that like the like talk about games is is like a, such a cultural thing, mm-hmm. you know, we we have more language options like remember when you were a kid and like you didn't have access to the internet or magazines or anything so you didn't know what certain things were called and, and everybody had their own word for things yeah. like there's still people in the world that call controllers paddles weird and and to me that's like calling soda pop
1: uh-huh.
0: or coke apparently people in like certain parts of of the world of uh, the united states they, they call orange soda coke and <laughs> it's it's the dumbest shit um, some midwestern shit. I don't know, but you know, there's paddles or ha- or some people call them handles, or um, what's another one? Remotes. remotes. I've heard people call controllers remotes.
1: What a boomer term.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's all the same thing. But then you also you had like the word for for a level in a game. There were stages or mm-hmm. um, you know, map is 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 one. Uh, level, you know, all those. Yeah. And then, uh, before we had the word for boss, we used to call them masters. And I think that, that must come from Mega Man, I'm guessing. Because the bosses in those games were called the robot masters. Well, um, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, you know, like, language is, uh, for games, you know, it's, it's kind of a recent thing. But anyway, that's, um, that's like, kind of like a sidebar. I think the question that i want to ask is like what is the purpose of of even even having genres and you know how how can we use them and and maybe that will will help us figure out because we know instinctively that they're important but i i want to i want to know a scientific reason why so so in your opinion what do you think the purpose of having a genre name is
1: categorization
0: is, is, is that it? You, you gave me a one word answer? Is that all you got for me?
1: In short, that's what I say. It's, <laughs> it, I mean, categorization, I mean, that's a lot to, that's a lot compacted into one word, basically. Um, because. All right. So what's the
0: purpose of categorization?
1: It, well, for one thing, it's for, if nothing else, it's for organization on platforms. Like, what would genres be if there weren't any on Steam? It'd be fucking chaos. <laughs> um, imagine
0: that. Like imagine like Dark Souls appearing next to I don't know, Honey Pop Studio or something.
1: Yeah, it'd be chaos. It's the same game. But it's also for like individual people. You know what I mean? For the people that do like like I said, for people wanting to genreize. <laughs> Uh, I think genre wh- genrefy is a word. Genrefy people wanting to genrefy what kind of games they like and like. Um, I I like RPGs mostly action RPGs, um, with a little bit of sandboxy. My general answer when somebody asks what kind of games do you like or what kind of games do you play, I usually say anything with a good story. Anything with a good story. Anything with a good story that's not multiplayer. <laughs> that's typically what I play.
0: Right. And I've been of like a weird persuasion recently, um, because I'm starting to realize that the best the best stories in video games actually come from multiplayer games, but you also play a shit ton of multiplayer games. Uh and I, I saw you recently playing Valheim. Yeah, I just got and it. And I, I was very disappointed.
1: I know. I it's just for me and my girlfriend.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, but um, Actually, i was like i gotta disown this guy it's not oh, bad never talking to him again it's not bad it was a joke but you also <laughs> you you have like what eight separate campaigns of uh divinity running it in, in tandem
1: yeah i mean that's a good game but uh, i would call that i mean like i don't play like massively multiplayer online or online games you know um but right. um i the only time i ever play with people is if, if i'm with my the specific friends that i play games with you know what i mean there's like yeah. a collection of maybe four or five people. That's it. My friends. I'll play with my friends. I'm not going to play with some random 12-year-olds on COD, where I get 360 no-scoped.
0: I like Call of Duty.
1: I mean, I used to. I like PS2-era Call of Duty.
0: <laughs> oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, I remember those. Wait, like Big Red 1? I actually never played that.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Did you play that? No, I didn't, but... Um, I'm thinking of more like, um,
0: finest hour was the other one. Yeah. That was supposed to be like a remake of, of, um, of the original on PC. But yeah. Um, what was I going to say? You know, for me, you know, sometimes it comes a time in every boy's life. Um,
1: (laughs) you have to talk like Christopher Walken. (laughs)
0: every once in a while you start growing hair in weird places and you start talking like this. No, for me, genres are like, you know, there's, there's two very important purposes for, for Mm -hmm. how we use genres. The first is, uh, you know, categorization, but, but elaborating on that, it's like, it's establishing your personal preferences. Yeah. And, and figuring out what types of games you want to see more of. Mm -hmm. So, like, it wouldn't, it like, let's say you were playing a visual novel and you were like, man, I really want to play more games like this. And somebody recommended to you, hey, have you tried this? And it's Gran Turismo. And you're like, <laughs> what, the f- what the fuck? Like, that's not, uh, uh. yeah. You'd be really frustrated. You know, it's like, all right, it's there are cars, but, but I'm looking for more like text. I, I just want to read. I don't know. Um, or like, you know, you really like Tekken and then someone's like, Oh, you like that? Well, have you tried fucking Teletubbies on ice? And then you could be like, first off, that's not even a game. You just made that up. And then they'd be like, So, but, but yeah, okay. Establishing personal preferences and that has a monetary value too, right? Because once you, once you know what types of games you like, then you know what types of of games you want to spend money on and like mm-hmm. that that'll help you establish safe bets
1: yeah exactly
0: this game is it's kind of like these other it's like these games over here that i liked so there's a there's a higher chance that i'm going to enjoy this and not waste my money you know than on some some other game
1: right exactly i mean that's a really good point is uh being able to categorize games like that that way you can stick to that category and if you find other games in that category uh, there's a higher chance that you'll like it because it's in yeah. the same genre it's
0: saying in the same genre right um and so the the other purpose of um of genres for from a developer standpoint is it's it's the same for like when you're writing a screenplay for a movie uh, when you when you write like a a, a crime drama, you want to do research on other crime genres and and you know and, and figure out how you can play with those genre conventions. And that's the thing you hear people throw around all the time: mm-hmm. genre conventions. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're making a, a certain type of game, so let's say a real time strategy game, for example, you're making an RTS. You want to do research on other RTSs. Uh, it doesn't make sense if you're making an RTS and then you start doing research on you start playing Final Fantasy seven, you're not maximizing your your research time. Unless you're, you know, you're trying to include a leveling system or you have RPG mechanics in, in your RTS and that's perfectly fine. But primarily, you know, you have to make sure that, you know, you're you're sticking to those genre conventions. And I think there's a third there's like a, a no, a second and a half purpose behind behind that, which is um genres in games, they set people's expectations. So if you tell somebody in advance, like this game belongs to this genre and then you don't deliver on that, then you kind of, you've broken the consumer contract. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so that'd be like, like, Hey, this is a fighting game. And then, and then it's call of duty. (laughs) And then you're like, like, Oh no, you, you have, you've lied to me. Genres are really important. They're, they're really important. It, it, and so that's why, like, what I, what I don't think is necessary is, um, is to, like, try and, and give all the, the genres of games, you know, some super technical meaning because there's not a single genre on the planet that, I mean, a genre name. In in any any game that that adequately describes everything that you do in the game, or yes. even the main even the main thing that you the main gameplay mechanic, yeah, um, there's there's none. Um, Look, name a genre. Name a genre real quick. Tactical RPG. A tactical RPG, or is that, some people call those tactics RPGs or or TRPGs. There's multiple names, obviously, for for a bunch of different genres. Uh, now list some examples. I have no clue. Oh, come on.
1: <laughs> Hold on. I'm just like, I'm just like drawing names from a list here. So. All right.
0: I'll, I'll name some games. Tactical RPGs include Final Fantasy Tactics, obviously. Obviously. Disga- mm-hmm. Um, There's other games. Uh, I think uh, Fire
1: Emblem is one. So what is, uh, what is the difference between something like a tactical RPG and a, Turn-based strategy game.
0: You mean like, a, like a 4X game, like, um, like
1: Civilization? No, like turn-based strategy. I guess maybe Civilization would be turn-based strategy.
0: Civilization is absolutely turn-based. Yeah,
1: yeah. But the 4X is listed under here as a different genre than a than a turn-based strategy.
0: Well, nobody really calls games like Civ. Uh, a turn-based strategy game. They they yeah. call them 4X games.
1: What would Divinity be called? Divinity is at least the combat. What would the combat? Because the combat and like the gameplay are like are like different genres altogether. It's a good game of mixed genres for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a, a good point. I, some people actually do call games like Divinity a, a tactical RPG yeah um but it's a it's a tactical western RPG so Mm-mm. so that's a good
1: point. okay, what about that and an auto battler?
0: What the hell is an auto battler? Like an RPG with a, like a, an,
1: an action RPG? Uh, an auto battler is uh according to Wikipedia, also known as auto chess is a type of strategy game that features chess-like elements like hearthstone or dota underlords is another example they list.
0: Auto battler damn. There's one I haven't heard of, so I've heard of Auto Battler. I don't know what the hell that. Is. I, st- I, you've just described it to me, and I still have no idea what the hell you just said. It just sounds uh, a lot
1: like turn-based strategy to me. Chess-like elements. It's, it's a turn-based strategy game with chess-like elements, which sounds like that know, doesn't make
0: any sense. Well, uh, do they list any examples of other games like besides Hearthstone?
1: Um, Teamfight tactics, Dota Underlords, and Hearthstone are the three they list. Alright,
0: so not an important genre. Not you're you're not gonna make any any headlines with that, so. Auto battler. Like um I remember Battle Chess on the NES. I, I played yeah. that like, I mean, yeah, like two rounds. That's,
1: that's that's uh that's an Auto Battler.
0: <laughs> Here's what I what I can say is that is that Divinity hmm. and Final Fantasy Tactics. Disgaea, they they actually have really similar battle systems. Yeah. Um you have a move phase and then an action phase. I think in Divinity, like you just you have a, a pool of action points. Um, but in most most tactics JRPGs, because there's a distinction, I guess, uh you you turn first and then you have I mean, yeah, you move and then you have an action phase. Each each character on the field. They they move in a set number of squares, on a grid that's laid out, and then you can either end your turn or attack if you're within range.
1: Okay, so in Divinity, you um, you move as part of your action. You can either attack more times or you can move your full amount. You just have a certain amount right. of action points, and you can use those either to attack or move or both. Yeah, but in the new um, in the new um, what is it, Boulder's Gate three? That's still right. on uh, early access. It's more akin to D and D, where you have a separate move action and a separate attack action. Yeah, because they're trying to get they're trying to get like a really a dead on D D like right type video game port, <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs>
0: Most games like like Baldur's Gate and Divinity they used to have their own um, genre name, which was CRPG, computer role playing game, because it was specifically those types of games you could only do on PC. Yeah. Because when they tried when they tried to make them for console, the controller just wasn't adequate. <laughs>
1: it's still not. Uh,
0: they're getting better at it. There have been mm. attempts to port CRPGs like Divinity. Divinity has. Um, Divinity ports.
1: sucks on controller. You you tried it? I mean, Boulder's Gate, Boulder's Gate, and Dark, Alli- uh, and Dark Alliance are, are like good examples of ones that do have um, good controller because they're simple. You know what I mean? You just go around hit and square to attack shit. Maybe do some spells, but hmm. um, with games that with games like Divinity, you have a chance to have so many spells, you just can't possibly map all of them to a single button or even a combination of buttons. Right. Um, And it's just easier to play on, um, especially if it's a point-and-click to move. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, like Diablo, right?
1: Yeah, like Diablo. Diablo is better on PC, just in general.
0: Right. And a lot of people call Diablo an action rpg but uh but then there's also diablo clones like i i mm-hmm. kind of t- see games like diablo as their own their own thing because here because i actually I, I broke down like okay what is an action rpg like what is it and and what classifies an action rpg and and what i what i came the conclusion that i came to was that an action rpg is a game where uh, well, okay, you can't define an action RPG without first defining an RPG, yes uh, wh- which I thought was really interesting. So I, I, I've done years of research on, on on what the hell an RPG is, because nobody, nobody knows, and I sure as hell didn't know. But here's what I found out. An RPG is simply a game where the player skill is separate from the skill of the character you're playing as. Does that make sense? Kind of.
1: Can you explain it further?
0: I, I will try. I will do my best. You have your skills in the real world, but nothing that you can do in the real world equates to the skills of your your character. So if you take a platformer, right, it's all based on your skill. You have to jump uh, jump over platforms and you have to avoid enemies and and, and avoid pitfalls and all like that. And actually, uh, speaking, of, speaking of which... A platformer is a terrible name for a genre. Uh, It should be called called a pitfaller, because all platformer games revolve around pitfalls, and it actually uh, originates with the game Pitfall for the twenty six hundred. So, so I've started to call them pitfallers, which I think is a better name. But uh, anyway, so an RPG, like I said, take D and D for example. Yeah, your skills don't they don't equate to the skills of the character you create, the character that you play as. They have their own separate skills. That you know, in every every action you do gets ch- those actions or those uh, the abilities of that character get checked against dice rolls. So your real life reflexes can't will can't and will not save you in a true RPG. and that's all it is
1: so i'm trying I'm trying to think of games that aren't RPGs that where that would be the case, but it's like,
0: well, that's where an action RPG comes into play, right? I guess so. In an action yeah. RPG, so it's a game that has RPG elements, but it's a game that starts out as an RPG. But as the game progresses... So an action RPG is is an RPG where as the game progresses, the skills of the player start to become more important than the numerical skills like the stats yeah. and stuff. Uh, so like in an action RPG, the, the better you get at the game the less important stats become. So actual skill, like your the actual skills of the player equate to the skills of the of the player character.
1: Like, I can't remember what you were what you s- wa- are wanting to call souls-like games.
0: Checkpoint games. Checkpoint games, yes. that's right. All checkpoint games are action RPGs. Yeah. They're action RPGs because um it's meta gaming essentially. So the the meta uh yeah. action RPGs are games where the meta is becomes a, um, a gameplay mechanic. Metagaming is actually part of the, the experience, so to speak.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, uh, but yeah, so that's an action RPG, right? And so, and once, once I realized that, you know, I looked at some examples, you know, like Borderlands, um, what's an action RPG that i played recently? Is Cyberpunk, an action RPG? Oh, it was Cyberpunk, actually. <sighs> Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk's a game where, like, once you get better at it, the your stats don't matter. Like I I remember um early on I was in a in a high level area that I should not have been in and I was like how the hell do I take take these dudes out? I yeah. I want the XP and then I was like, "Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll run them over." Cuz otherwise if I just if I just tried to fight them with with the weapons that I had, it would have been like a 3-hour long battle. But and they they could kill me in one shot. But with a vehicle, it made it a little better.
1: Yeah. What about uh, God of War, the new one?
0: Oh, oh, wow. See, that's an action game with, with, you might even call that a character action game with, RP- with heavy RPG elements. Yeah. Like, but I would, I don't know. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, cause, cause there are people on YouTube, you can find them. Like, they, if you can beat, if you can finish the hardest boss at level one using skill alone, that's an action RPG if you can't if there's no possible way for you to beat the hardest boss without grinding and leveling then you know that's a that's a true RPG cuz that's like where like the the skills of the character have to be progressed to a certain point that's completely separate from your personal skill yeah anyway that's thus concludes my talk on um RPGs but what were we talking about? That was a whole <laughs> diatribe tangent type. We can deal. have
1: a whole separate podcast in and of itself just about RPGs. I think RPGs are like the I don't know, they're like the the main genre type for video games.
0: They are now. They didn't used to be.
1: No, they didn't used to be, but they are now. I mean, like there are other games, you know, there's your there's your sports games and your action games, but adventure games but they're all have a little bit of R- rpg elements in them
0: yeah rpg elements you can't avoid them because you know that's uh that's how you can pad the length of your games out yeah and you can turn games into games as a service yeah even like racing
1: games have rpg elements
0: yeah like car pgs yeah <laughs> definitely 100 yeah need for speed mm-hmm I don't think Burnout ever went the route of the car PG, but no, Gran Turismo was, I think, might have been the first. I don't know RPGs. No, wait, that's not what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you to list some genres and some examples, but I forget why I asked you to do that. One of the things that I used to do um, when I was hanging out with the um, the game designers uh, at my uh, at my college, yeah, a bunch of those guys. Oh my god. Oh, it was, it was terrible. There were so many people that I met in that program that were like, I'm getting into this, this program because it sounds cool. Not because they, they were passionate about games, wanted to make games or had been playing games. These are people that just really don't play games and, and weren't really interested in in playing them, but it sounds, sounds cool. It sounds marketable. And so that's why they got into it. Disaster. Um, and that's where that that's where I found out that there's people in the world that don't care about genres.
1: That's so weird to me. Like, how do you?
0: No, seriously. How do you? How do you want to make games if you don't play them? It's 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 really sad. I don't know. One thing that that uh that I wanted, I tried to get started was um like I would I would write a genre on like a whiteboard and you know i'd go around and I'd, I'd ask people like hey name a game that fits this genre uh and that was a lot of fun like i remember there was one that had multiple you know cuz it's great like when you can be somewhat specific but you still there are still multiple answers you could give yeah like um i think one one example i gave was like um side scroller hack and slash horror game or something <laughs> And then one dude was like, Castlevania. And I was like, boom, great answer. That's a good one. But the, that wasn't the, the game I was thinking. I was like, "But well, there's, there's more. We could keep going. Uh, what else you got? And then somebody else was like, Ghosts and Goblins. I was like, yeah, that's what we're talking about. What else? Um, actually, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, that, for sure that's it. But if you can name listeners at home, if you can name other side Well, nowadays,
1: there's tons of indies indie games that are like those now again oh good point dead cells yeah and um what was that other game that you just list listed after ghost and goblins ghost and goblins oh what about that one game where you're like a knight and your armor is like your health
0: yeah that's ghost and goblins
1: that is ghost and goblins yeah they just released a a fucking new version of that recently right yeah
0: i saw i saw the donkey video yeah that was nuts um looks tough i'm not gonna play it yeah map former is the best invention since sliced bread. I need to copyright it. Somehow I need to I need to go to the the patent office and uh I need to get a fucking copyright on map former. I want a quarter anytime somebody uses it. <laughs> so sidebar, the fucking trailer I posted uh on on Twitter is getting a ridiculous amount of attention. Somebody at Konami actually retweeted it. Sweet. And they apparently they apparently have a million followers. Yeah, holy shit! Thirty one likes—that's a record for me. Sixteen retweets—I've never seen that type of a uh, that type of action before. Um, but holy shit!
1: That's insane.
0: Is it? Yeah, I mean it's all right. Um, <laughs> name some some of your favorite games, and
1: do not say Divinity Two. Shaminity New. <laughs> no. Um how would you genreify um, indigo prophecy
0: well that's that is exactly what we're about to do so uh, we're gonna try and genreify some games getting really specific yeah and just break it down so I mean because of course like every game has its its own main genre and then but you can if you break it down you know you you eventually get to the point where the genre that you just named it only belongs to that game. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to try and do in an exercise in futility is, yeah, take some, take some games. We'll start with Indigo Prophecy and then let's, let's try and break it down and be as specific as we can. Just, a, yeah, like an exercise in futility. So Indigo Prophecy, it's, it has origins in the point and click genre, also known as, um, those are known as um, point and click adventures, or some people just know them as adventure games. An adventure game is not super difficult to define, but it's hard to, like, find the language for it. It's just a game where it, uh, the gameplay revolves around exploration and po- puzzle solving, and your reflexes aren't tested. And so... Mm, okay. So, y- you have to explore an, in- an environment, and uh, there's no, like, there's no time-based trials. Yeah. Right? Because in Mario, if you don't move, then a, then a Goomba will kill you right Mm -hmm. um but indigo prophecy does have time-based kind of skill checks you know yeah like uh that opening where you start in the uh in the bathroom and you know you have to clean up the the crime scene and and wash your hands before the before the cop comes into the bathroom so you're kind of yeah you're on a timer you're on a timer there definitely uh, but then you know a puzzle a puzzle in a game is just a door that needs to be opened and then how complicated you make that door determines the puzzle so the, the easiest puzzles are just a just a no door and you just you just go right through some doors require keys so you have to find find the key and then games like Resident Evil well now you have to find the correct key and then and then Resident Evil series also has puzzles that are like okay you need this key item and then you have to rotate these three circles until they they look (laughs) like this fucking picture yep and then you need another another special key with a but you don't need the actual key you need the gemstone that was contained within the the key chain and that will unlock the door but it's just a door that needs to be unlocked a locked door we should stop calling puzzles puzzles and just start calling them locked doors
1: locked doors i don't know that complicated locked doors
0: Complicated locked doors. Okay, let's stick with puzzles. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but the problem there is that you have like puzzle games like Tetris where mm-hmm. it's those games are actually action games. The puzzle the puzzle genre is a subgenre of action games.
1: That's so weird to think about. Yeah,
0: right? But that it's a fact. Bejeweled, bedazzled, candy crush, these are all actually I think Candy Crush and, and stuff, you don't really have a timer. But in, in Tetris definitely. If you don't if you do nothing then then you'll lose and you have to you have to do something yeah. to to prevent the lose condition. That's an action game. Indigo Prophecy? It's point and click. It's a it's a fucking third person sci fi fantasy. Are there any sci fi elements in that game? I know there's aliens, right?
1: I think so. Or at least there's the um inference of them.
0: All right, okay, so there's aliens, so there's it's a third-person sci-fi, there's there's cult leaders, right?
1: It's been so long.
0: Um, th- Cults are fantasy. Yeah. They, that counts. Sci-fi, fantasy. Are there RPG elements? No, right? I don't think so. Okay. Not really. All right, point and click, action-adventure
1: game. I mean, like, are video games, like, the only thing where you can, like, stack genres on genres like that? Absolutely
0: not. No, you can do it with anything. Look at uh, like Game of Thrones is sold in the fantasy section of um of the bookstore, right? So That's that yeah, it has true. a main genre, but it, yeah. I mean you can keep going, you know, mm-hmm. uh, mystery, horror, thriller,
1: political, political, poli- yeah, p-
0: political, <laughs> political, <laughs> yeah, fucking political. <laughs> pornographic, romance,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's got it all. But there's like a there's usually a main genre that every game belongs to. So like for for in Fahrenheit's case or or uh, Indigo Prophecy, if you're out here in the states, it's I would call that a point and click adventure. Yep. Or uh, you could it's cinematic is another word that people throw around a cinematic point and click, or um, you might classify it as a uh, what what do you call it? An interactive movie.
1: Yes. Um, like Until Dawn, fantastic game. Fantastic. Didn't they just come out with another one for PS5 or something like that? The
0: same studio made uh, another series of games called um, like the the Dark Pictures or something. Yeah, and there's two there's two games that are out so far, and both of them are not very good apparently. So
1: well, I mean, yeah, especially since I haven't heard of them. Yeah, since beyond um, them being released,
0: they, I hear they go on sale every now and then. Yeah,
1: I'll check them out maybe. All right, name you name a game see if we can generalize it <laughs>
0: i'm gonna cheat because i got a bunch of games sitting right next to me fair enough Ooh, no that one's too obscure <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're going for right no you wouldn't you wouldn't like that one actually all right let's do it um there's this game that came out on xbox called breakdown and it's um it's a it's a first person game and there are shooter elements but it also was one of the one of the, the first games to try and oh, make a. Yeah.
1: That's one of those games where I I distinctly remember the box art, but I don't think I ever really played it.
0: It was a it's a Japanese game, and Xbox was trying to establish a presence in Japan. You know, because the Xbox was not doing well in Japan at all. Yeah, and they're like, we need we need Japanese developers to make games for us, and we need to convince Japanese audiences that, uh, Western style games are good. So if we get Japanese developers to make a Western style game, then maybe people will buy more Xboxes and it didn't work. But this was an experiment where it's a, it's a Japanese game, but it's a first person shooter with military themes. Uh, and then there's first person melee combat, like with combos and there's like a really intricate fighting system. Yeah, hand-to-hand fighting system, which there's a reason why you don't do fighting in first person, uh, in a game anyway.
1: And uh, but this was a you know an interesting experiment. Can you imagine how great that would be if in real life you're able to fight somebody in third person?
0: With VR, anything's possible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, just get the drop
0: on people. Just just turn around and and make them think that you can't see them, and then you kick them in the nuts from. While you're not even looking at them, yeah. But yeah, you know. All right, so uh, breakdown. It's a it's a first person game, so it's a first person beat 'em up shooter, sci fi, contemporary. I don't know. Like I said, okay, that's not a good example. Where are my games? Where are all my games? What was I playing <laughs> recently? I was I was playing uh, Ace Combat Seven. Yeah, it's like an arcade flight sim or arcade combat flight simulator because it's not a true flight simulator because they they. They take a lot of liberties, but that's a really simple game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's, what are some of my favorite games? Super Metroid. I love Super Metroid, which is just a map former. But it's also a side-scroller and a, a shooter. A side-scrolling shooter and, and a side-scrolling platformer. You know, it, you technically have RPG elements in there because you can increase your, um, your health and ammo capacity. But... Mm-hmm. But none of those in- enhancements are required for you to finish the game. So, is it an action RPG? I wouldn't go that far, because for for it to be an action RPG, there still has to be a, a certain point where, when you're at a low skill level, you know you have to rely on those stats to get through certain challenges. What about the Watchdog series? Watchdogs? Yeah. Damn. Uh. I really haven't played a lot of those. I, I started playing two, and um, I didn't get very far before another game came along. It was, you know, the meme where the guy's walking with his girlfriend, and, he, and he's, like, looking back at some other girl? Yeah. That happens to me, like, once a week when it comes to games. Yep. And so I was playing, I was playing Watch Dogs 2, and I was really looking forward to playing it. I'm like, all right, it's going to be sweet. And then it was just something else. I don't know what it was, but...
1: Yeah, I only recently finished Watch Dogs 2.
0: <laughs> at some point, I should try and finish that but good luck uh i'll need it but um okay watch dogs 2 it, it's an open world fucking i would just call that an open world action game right because it you you get guns is it but is, is it a third person shooter it is and it's also has rpg elements so it's an open world third person i don't want to call it it i wouldn't call that game a shooter personally no i don't know for i don't i can't describe why though but i get i just have the my instincts tell me that it's not a shooter
1: yeah it's it's a game it's an open world what'd you call it Uh open world
0: third ed- person
1: third person a- action action game there's more though with with shooter elements and rpg elements
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that's, that's about as good as you're gonna get oh <laughs> wait but there's driving so it's a v- vehicular, <laughs> mm, yeah.
1: There's also driving, open world vehicular. Would this Would this genre that we're talking about, Watch Dogs, would this leak into like Grand Theft Auto? What do you call Grand Theft Auto? Damn, life simulator. Just leave it like that.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Whose
1: life? The life of crime? Exactly. It's it's, it's, no. a, it's a life.
0: It is. It, it's it's the life for for a lot of people. Um, I don't know. Good question. Um, let's, let's see what Wikipedia says. Um, and I wonder if, um, if there's a special, cause Grand Theft Auto is actually pretty big in Japan. So I wonder if, uh, they have their own special genre, but I don't think, I don't think it is. Uh, let's start with five. What does it say? Genre. Action adventure. <laughs> That's what it, it says on
1: Wikipedia action adventure
0: action adventure oh, okay but it's so much more than that
1: Mm-hmm.
0: grand theft auto 5 is an action adventure game played from either a third person or first person perspective where are the adventure elements is what i want to know
1: in the quests
0: yeah but what what locked doors are there that need to be opened in gta
1: I mean, unless it's a car. It's a literal It's a literal locked door. Like, yep. you break into a bank. You know what I mean? You have to either shoot it down or...
0: That's a puzzle. All right, it counts as a puzzle, I guess. Yeah. That's weird. Okay, fine.
1: Um, it's just usually the answer is, shoot it.
0: Well, okay. So, like I said, this is an exercise in futility, because there's really no point to, to being so specific about it, but... You know, mm-hmm. I think it's it's fun to throw out words that you can use to describe games for whatever reason, right? So with GTA, you it's you have open world, vehicular, mission-based, sandbox. And that's another weird word, sandbox. A lot of people confuse sandbox for open world. They think they're um they're synonymous and they really are not. Well, what's the difference? I know, that's a I don't know. I I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I need to figure it out though. But there is a difference between sandbox and open world. Um, because I think like the distinction is that a sandbox game will give you a um. I think it it has to do with the physics system, and like, and you can create interesting scenarios. Yeah. That. Uh, interesting unscripted gameplay situations. Um, but with um, with an open world game, open world games aren't necessarily sandbox games like um, Cyberpunk, for example. Cyberpunk, yes, it's open world, but is it a sandbox? I don't think so, because the RPG mm-hmm. mechanics are, so, are, are kind of too limiting and it doesn't give you... Like, if you try and, and go out, outside the bounds... In that game, the like the the, the glitches kind of put a stop to to things that you can do. Yeah. Like in Skyrim, right? Skyrim if you wanted to fill a cart full of wheels of cheese, you can. And then if you want to push that cart off a mountain with your footrodah. Mm,
1: okay. That would be that's a good distinction between sandbox and open world is Right. Skyrim is the definition of a sandbox.
0: I, I don't know if I'd say it's the definition, but you. Definitely, but it's a good
1: example, I think.
0: Yeah, I would I would say GTA is is the uh, GTA Five because um four was also it limited you and yeah in what you were able to do because you didn't have a lot of options in GTA Four. There mm-hmm. you only had like fifteen weapons to choose from, and then with GTA Five there was like forty. San Andreas. Before that, that used to be the the textbook definition of a of an open open world sandbox. But it's possible to be a sandbox game and not be open world.
1: It's just sandboxes are are games that give you the option to do whatever the fuck you want. Where open worlds give you the option to kind of go, just have big ass maps basically and go anywhere within them. Right? Yeah. The, o- the origins kind of, the, of the open
0: world. The origins of, of that genre it kind of comes from rpgs where you know you it, it's just not it's essentially it's just non-linear missions yeah. you know like you, you don't you don't get objectives in order you, you can choose where to go and you get you get your objectives um in any order you choose yeah or you can create your own objective like how do you define minecraft yeah um mm-hmm. is minecraft is minecraft open world i would say it isn't because are there, are there quests in Minecraft? I think, did they patch that in? I've never played Minecraft.
1: There is an end game. I don't, I mean, I haven't played it in a few years either, but there is an end, but you just kind of do it whenever you want. You can go to it immediately. You'll die, but you can go to it immediately if you wanted to. But um, are there
0: quests? Like, are there missions? Or do you go to, no. to
1: NPCs?
0: Okay. So that's the thing maybe, for me.
1: Uh, no, I don't think so.
0: Me personally in order to be classified as an open world game, you know, you have to have NPCs or 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 some means of yeah. getting missions, whether it's a job board or yeah. something.
1: At least not in the base Minecraft. There's tons of like like expansions and and offshoots of Minecrafts where like Minecraft Dungeons is basically just a Baldur's like or a Diablo like. Okay. Uh, uh um, right on, right on. Yeah, but uh, anyway, uh what about uh, Metal Gear Solid 5? Is that open world and sandbox? Because I feel like it is. You know, games like that and yeah. Just Cause.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I would definitely classify 5 as a sandbox game. Mm-hmm. Would I classify it as open world? I don't. It like just barely meets the requirements yeah. to be considered open world, but it, it misses out on one of the, the most important elements of open world gameplay for me. And that is um, like, if you think about the the best open world games that you've ever played, there's usually a way to turn the AI against each other or, to, or there's like infighting situations oh. or there's, there are situations that will occur outside of the player's influence. Yeah. But there's nothing in five. There's nothing that happens in that game until you initiate it, yeah. Okay. So with GTA Five, like when you see a cop chasing down a criminal on the street, like that just that's just something that's ha- that happens. That's that's a programmed occurrence that that will sometimes happen, or you know, sometimes, um, you know, people will get out of their cars yeah. and
1: start fighting or something like that. Okay, here here's another here's an example of an open world that's not a sandbox. Okay, uh, Spider Man.
0: Ooh, Spider Man Two.
1: I was I'm thinking assuming. more like the the new one. Oh, the new one. The new one. PS4 Spider-Man on yeah, yeah, PS4. Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah, because there there are yeah there are like open world events that happen just without you even touching it and doing anything. You know what I mean?
0: Like like what I, I I've been meaning to play Miles Morales, but I haven't got a chance to.
1: Well, I haven't played Miles Morales either. I just I just finished. I was like. At eighty percent for the longest time because I haven't touched <laughs> it in a while, but I just finished that final twenty percent. And um, uh, yeah, but um, they're just like all the cr- all the little crime things. You know what I mean? Like they happen, right? But those they are like without you, and and there's like you know cops that answer to them and shit like that. But they don't. Oh
0: really? Do the cops respond to, to crime and they the do, James? but they
1: don't get resolved unless you stick your yeah. stick your hand in it you know what i mean they, that's just a, that's a scripted event thing yeah that's like
0: a that's a, essentially that's a cut scene.
1: yeah but if you leave them alone they'll go away as if the cops answered you know what i mean or something like that i don't know
0: yeah i don't know man um
1: i don't know you'd have the, to like the, play the game sit there and watch a crime and event happen to right, see if right. it resolves itself
0: that's that's interesting. I'll have to do yeah. that experiment. So, yeah, um, that's an open world game. Another open world game that is not a sandbox.
1: Um, what about The Witcher 3? What about The Witcher 3? That game is full of shit that just happens without you, without your intervention whatsoever.
0: I wasn't the biggest fan of that game. And I know it got, you know, PC Gamer said it's the best PC game ever made. But I thought it was just like, it was okay. Um, I thought it still needed a lot of work. So... So I didn't really get that fun. into it. Yeah, it was okay. I I finished it and was like I never want to play that again. Um and I didn't. So mm-hmm. what are what are some examples of things that that can happen without you you know like if you're just just passing by. What um happens?
1: you just like see um I like I can't think of any personally because uh, for one I also haven't played it in a while. Yeah. Um but um like that was one of the selling points when the game hasn't even come out yet they would sell the fact that the the world happens without you you know what i mean yeah but um, it, it really doesn't i don't know i don't i don't see that i don't know i'd i'd need an example i i'd have you to know? look them
0: up but um there is things like where ooh here's a an excellent example are there creatures in the world uh like predators that can hunt prey mm. like in far cry
1: interesting okay
0: in Far Cry 2, they they, um, they wanted to include, you know, grass-eating animals like like deer and... Not deer. What, what do they have in Africa? Zebras and fucking caribou. Wait, yeah. What kind of animals do they have in Africa? Um, All of them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, zebras. Uh, antelopes. That's what I was thinking. Antelope. That's right. I was like, don't say cantaloupe. Don't say cantaloupe. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, you know those fucking galloping cantaloupes? Can- Antelope. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they have they were going to include those animals um, but then they they ran into a problem where all the predators like the cheetahs or whatever would eat all the grass eating animals. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't they couldn't the population couldn't sustain
1: itself or something. By, so they just by your definition of open world it, it seems like impossible cuz the game would just play itself and you'd never no, have to do no, anything. No, no, <laughs>
0: no. No, no. Like okay, the first requirement. You're right. That's a good question. I should make a distinction. <laughs> the first requirement of an open world game is simply tackle missions in any order. Okay. Right. Yeah. So multiple missions, multiple missions spread out over a large map. So the map has to be somewhat large, right? Mm-hmm. Is should that be a requirement? Because what if, for example, could you have an open world game in a single room? Like a single, like a like. No, no, no. Let me, let me, let me take it even further to the hmm. to the extreme. In a jail cell, could you make an open world game that took place in a jail cell? Is it possible? Like, let's say you just took the gameplay of Grand Theft Auto, but it was confined confined to uh, an eight by six prison cell, and you had objectives like I don't know, make your bed, take a dump, get a tattoo. It wouldn't be know? a very
1: good game, but that's not the question. The question is, can you do it?
0: yeah fuck fuck whether it's good or not yeah would would that count as an open world game
1: i i believe so
0: and that and then if that's the case right then you have you kind of have to look at some other games and classify them as open world so so i actually I, i don't think that but then again i mean think about it if you if your entire world is a is a prison cell then you can't say that's not open world
1: i mean like in in like the witcher 3 uh Basically all of the quests other than the main quests you're able to do at any point in time.
0: No, yeah, Witcher 3 is absolutely a, yeah. an open world game. The the Witcher 2 was, was not, interestingly.
1: Yes. Witcher 2 is still good though.
0: Not when it first came out. Let me, no, let not me when it first came out. No, no.
1: Not when it first came out. But when I played it. <laughs> it was good.
0: <laughs> when that game first came out, it was oh my god, what a disaster. That's a that's a good question though. So yeah. uh, but I think most people would would say that in order to be classified as open world, it has to be there has to be like a world. You know, like a
1: like a, a city or something. Yeah, cuz that's just how people view open world games. Yeah, but I mean from <laughs> a like, gameplay perspective, the map's so it, small. Why would you call this open world?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean that's that's an interesting conundrum. That's like that's like the the philosophical question we uh, we used to ask back in the day, which was like could you possibly make a JRPG that wasn't made by a Japanese developer? Yeah. To this date, I don't think anybody's actually done it. But I need to. I need. I can look that up. Western oh. JRPGs.
1: Um, I want to go a little bit into um trying not to skip over anything, but um, I want to go a little bit into why I wanted to. Not that this is a, this is important to to talk about video game genres and why they're important, but why are we talking about video game genres? Um, Good point. um, Take it away. I wanted to, this is like a precursor to future episodes where we um, talk about video game genealogy. Yes. Which I think is cool. And what that is, video game genealogy, is where we take a video game and we basically trace it back to its ancestors.
0: <laughs> we're going and we're going all the way back.
1: Yeah. To to the stone
0: age. No, not really. <laughs> but um but you know, yeah, we'll we'll take some popular games and we'll try and and figure out like you know, what were the influences that led to these the mechanics that that game has. Mhm. A popular example that a lot of people know about already is the the third-person shooting third-person shooting mechanic in Gears of War. Came from Resident Evil 4. Yeah. And that's weird to say, like, to say Gears of War and Resident Evil 4, it makes it, my brain made it sound like it wanted to say, like, Resident Evil War. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the case. I guess the next step is going to be uh, to make a list of games. hmm Games that we might want to talk about and then trace those uh, the lineage of those games back through history. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so join us next time. That that'll be a good time, I think.
1: This is where we leave it up to the listeners. You know, start thinking about video game genres. Why are they important? Are they important to you? Tell us why. Let us know in somehow in
0: some form of, of comment, or you can send us a letter to uh, <laughs> 123 one, Fake Streets. <laughs> <laughs>